0: Um, Tennessee, is that right? T- where you were born, Tennessee, the US. And, um, and then the Lord called him to the Philippines and then he met his uh, partner for life there, the, his wife, uh, Ning, who couldn't come this time. She's planting a church. Wow, can you imagine? The pastor's wife is planting a church on her own. <laughs> Amazing. So, uh, women power... Amen. (laughs) So let's, he's no stranger to us. He's ministered a number of times, and we've ministered in his church as well. So let's put our hands and give him a warm FGA welcome. Hallelujah.
1: Thank you, Pastor Roland. I do want to thank Pastor Chris and Roland for uh, allowing me to come. Uh, Of course, we bring you... Greetings from Pastora G, and she's very excited about the team coming. Well, our church will be helping as well uh, for the medical mission coming up in April. That's going to be a tremendous time. And I also want to nice lahat ng mga Pilipino dito. bang mga Pilipino? Yeah. Uh, so mga kababayan natin. I've spent 30 uh, some years in the Philippines, and uh, no regrets. God has been really, really good to us. If you wouldn't mind, it'll help me, and I don't know if it'll help you, but it will help me. Uh, Can we bow our heads in a word of prayer before we uh, start the message? Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you this morning for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the worship that lifts up the name of Jesus. And we thank you, God, that uh, your word will penetrate our hearts. God, we pray that you would find uh, hungry hearts, open hearts, Uh, Lord, we pray for the spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, that revelation would flow from the message this morning. God, that you would help us to see where we are in Christ, help us to see where it is that you want us to go, and that we can be the men and women of God that you've called each and every one of us to be. Lord, we thank you, God, that you are here, that your word gives spirit and life, that your word gives direction and insight. Lord, we thank you. Give us ears to hear. Eyes to see and hearts that understand. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I've got uh, a little bit of an illustration here this morning. We'll get to that in just a moment. But um, I want to talk to you about four stages of spiritual growth. Four stages of spiritual growth. You know, the Bible often talks to us in terms of family. Uh, God is our Father. Jesus in Hebrews chapter 2 the bible says that Jesus is our brother we are of course brothers and sisters in Christ so it shouldn't be uh, surprising to us that God's word also speaks to us uh, about our spiritual growth using terms that would usually be norm uh, usually be used for family as well uh, the bible says that we are born into the kingdom of God first uh, Peter chapter 2 verse 2 tells us that we are As newborn babes in Christ, that we should crave spiritual milk. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 again speaks of being infants in Christ. John speaks of children, young men, and fathers. And so we're going to take a look at this today. And our prayer is that you will first of all be able to see exactly where you are in Christ. Then you'll be able to see the next level that you want to go to. And hopefully, by the grace of God and through the Word of God, you'll be able to see what it is that you need to do to go to the next level in your spiritual growth. Is that all right? All right. So, um, I do have a a little illustration here. I'm going to need a volunteer really quickly. Some uh, good-looking young guy, come and help me real quick. Come on. Come on. Our young girl is fine as well. Come on. There we go. Ruth is always ready. Ready. All right. Have a seat here, Ruth. Now, what we want to do here is um, we want to take somebody from who is not yet a believer in Christ and see a spiritual progression. So this can be used both for your own personal life and then making disciples. So we're going to assume that Ruth is not yet a believer. She's just come to church. Somebody's invited to her to church. Now, she may believe in God. She may not believe in God. She might actually believe in Jesus But this is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about a mental ascent to the reality of God. We're not talking about a mental ascent to being uh, that that Jesus is the son of God. What needs to happen in Ruth's life is she needs to have a spiritual birth. Can we all say spiritual birth? Jesus said you must be born again. This This is more than acknowledging that God exists. This is even more than acknowledging that Jesus is the son of God. This is something that happens on the inside of us. There's a transformation that takes place. So we're going to show you each, each step, each level, each stage of spiritual growth and exactly what needs to happen in order for you to go to the next level and hopefully you'll be able to see where you are. All right, so we're going to share the gospel with Ruth. This is the first thing that needs to happen. In order for her to move from here, to get to the table, the family of God, and begin to progress in her spiritual life. We're going to share the gospel with her. That's the first thing. She receives the gospel. She accepts Christ into her heart. She believes. Now, she's just become a newborn babe in Christ. Take a seat at the table. All right. Let's say we'll give her a hand. She got, she got saved. Ruth got saved. From being a newborn babe, and we'll get to this in a moment, some of the things that she needs to go to, we eventually want her to grow up. We don't want to stay babes, right? Yeah. Nothing wrong with being a babe. Don't, don't minimize her. Don't, uh, don't look down on the babes in Christ because in a moment you're going to find out a lot of you are still babes. <laughs> so don't minimize the babes in Christ. We love the babes, but we don't want to stay babes. We want her to eventually grow up. When she grows up, she's going to become a toddler. She's going to become a little child. And then uh, she begin to go to school. She'll learn some things, right? Hopefully she won't be too much of a brat. I don't know. <laughs> Eventually we want her then to grow up as well. She, we don't want her to stay in elementary school all of her life. We want her to grow up. Then she's going to become a teenager. She's going to become a young woman, which she is our, our young woman of God. Now let me say this. We, we want you to recognize that the, these, these levels of spiritual stages have nothing to do with your age at all. Nothing whatsoever to do with your age. You'll see that in a moment as we get to the scriptures. Eventually, we want this young lady to grow up, to get married, to have a family of her own, and then when she has her own children, then she becomes a parent, right? So we're talking about spiritual parents as well in just a moment. Let's give Ruth a clap, and then... uh, Let's get into the Word of God. All right. So the Bible tells us that we are the children of God, that we are the family of God. We are the household of faith. The Bible tells us that uh, like newborn babes, we should crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up. Everybody say, grow up. We want to grow up in God. Amen? Amen. we, We thank God for the Holy Spirit. We thank God for the new birth. But we don't want to stay babes all of our life. We want to grow up in God. Babes, and I want you to look, I mean, the, the Bible is, God is so smart, isn't He? He's just so smart. So He gives us illustrations that we can easily understand. What do we feed babies? We feed babies milk. You don't want to feed a baby meat, the meat could kill the baby. Could choke them. They can't digest. So, a babe, a newborn believer in Christ, we want to just feed them the milk of the word. God loves you. Jesus died on the cross for you. God has a plan for your life. This is what you want to feed those babies. As the baby feeds, as you feed the baby, another thing about babies is this babies cannot feed themselves. I, I have the privilege, I've got three grown kids. Just this year, I became a grandfather. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, the guys around my church, they had, some of the guys around my church have grandkids. They always talk about their grandkids. And I think, what is the big deal, you know? They're always talking about their grandkids. Now I know. I am smitten. I am, it's, it's amazing. But what you want with babies, as they're smaller, you begin to feed them little by little. You begin to feed them solid food. Babies, you have to feed them. They're not able to feed themselves. One of the first signs that a baby is moving from being an infant to becoming a child is that that child eventually learns to feed themselves. That's one of the first things that you learn. At this stage, you've got to spoon feed them. You've got to mash up their food, give it to them little by little. Just the simple simple things about the Word of God. You know I love you, right? You will never move from this chair to this chair until you have learned to feed yourself. Now, I want you to ask your neighbor, look at them with a big smile on your face and ask them, how is your devotional life? On Sundays, you're being fed, listening to the radio, watching TV, maybe listening to some tapes. This is all being fed from somebody else. You will never move from being a baby to being a child unless you learn to feed yourself. Sundays is not feeding yourself. You've got to get in the Word of God. You've got to pray. You've got to learn to get those revelations for yourself television is not enough radio is not enough if you want to become a child of God if you want to grow up in God you have to learn to feed yourself Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 tells us about the elementary teachings of Christ and then it begins to explain there's I think six things there about baptisms, about laying on of hands, about eternal judgment. It begins, so this is, this is still, and it says, having learned the elementary things, then you go on to maturity. So this is still at the, at the child stage, Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. This is where you begin to, you know, children, when they grow up, from being a babe to becoming a toddler, eventually they get into elementary school their life begins to, to revolve around learning. This is the real learning stage. In fact, my three kids i have often said this, I wish I could have just freeze my kids at that three, four-year-old stage. You know, they're like sponges, right? They want to know everything. They're just learning, learning, learning. So this is the child stage. They're learning as much as they can learn. They're hungry to learn. This, this is the stage in your Christian life where you begin to understand The basic foundational doctrines of Scripture, again, as described in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. You know, the the Bible is the Word of God, the deity of Christ, uh, the eternal judgment, laying on of hands. You'll, You'll never move to the next stage until you really have a firm grasp just on the basic teachings of Scripture. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as those who are still worldly, mere infants. I gave you milk, not solid food, You were not ready for it. Indeed, you are not yet ready for it. And then Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 to 14. In fact, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves. Everybody say, train themselves. themselves. You know, there's some things that God will do for us. There are some things that God expects us to do. You know, I love you. I want you to look at your neighbor again and ask, how's your devotional life? (laughs) If you want to grow up in God... You have got to be consistent in the Word of God in prayer. You will never grow. I, I know I've been in the ministry 30-some years. And again, the, the spiritual stages has nothing to do with age, physical age. doesn't even have to do with how long you've been a Christian. If you've been in the ministry any time at all, you know there are some Christians 10, 15, 20 years in Christ, still babes mostly the reason is I, in fact i can always find it when you have to do counseling as a pastor the reason always goes back to how is your devotion in life well pastor you know i just don't have time to read the word that's why there's still a babe still struggling still have to get people to pray for them they can't pray for themselves they can't be they're not victorious in their life still needy still of course we're all needy but but nevertheless If you grow up in God, you learn to feed yourself. Amen? In a minute, you're going to see what it takes to become uh, an adult. All right. So, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 2, and this is where I want to spend most of our time today. 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 to 14. John describes the next three levels of spiritual maturity. Again, I believe he's I think it's clear from the scriptures. He's not talking about physical age here because he begins the chapter addressing all of his, all the people that he's uh, talking to as children, his children. John was obviously a spiritual father. He says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you young men Because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God lives in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Now, two things he says about the children here. In verse 12 and in verse 13. He says in verse 12, I'm writing to you, dear children... Because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. In order to move from being an infant to being a child, one of the first basic simple things, you have to know that your sins are forgiven. Tell your neighbor, you can know. If you still are wondering about this, come on. We know that as, as newborn babes, sometimes you wonder, does God really forgive me? Has he really forgiven me? If you're still wondering, you're not quite sure if your sins are forgiven, you're either in this chair or you're in this chair. You can know. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt. You can know that you know because of what Christ has done on the cross, because of what the Bible teaches, you can know. So he tells the children that, they, that their sins have been forgiven. The other thing he says is this, that he says, I write to you, children, because you know the Father." So you've got to know that your sins have been forgiven. You've got to know that Christianity is first and foremost a relationship with your heavenly father. Christianity is not just changing your religion. Whether you're Catholic or Buddhist or whatever. Christianity is not just changing religions. It's changing your relationship. You become a child of God. God is your father. You are his child. So these are just the basic, basic things that you need to know as a new believer. But then he goes on and he speaks about the young men. So babes, milk, children begin to learn. Children are learning to feed themselves. They're learning to clothe themselves. Hopefully they're learning to clean up their messes. How many you know babies still make messes? Amen. <laughs> and we clean up their messes and that's all right. If you're a babe and, you know, you need help getting, cleaning up your mess, that's fine. But, but if you're 13, 14 years old, you better be cleaning up your own mess. Don't ask me to clean up your mess. So as we grow up in God, we learn the, the foundational, and the only way to do that is to feed yourself. Again, it, Every one of these comes back to your devotional life. How much time you're spending in the Word of God in prayer. The only way to grow up in God is to spend time in the Word of God in prayer. Now, I want to move to the spiritual teenagers. And I want to see John says two things about the young men. He says here, I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome. Everybody say, have overcome. So that's past tense. He, He doesn't say, I'm writing to you, young men, because you will overcome. Or I'm teaching you to overcome. The young men have overcome the evil one. He says on the next verse something very similar about the young men as well. He says, I write to you, young men, because you are strong. You are strong and the word of God lives in you. And you have overcome the evil one. In order to move from this seat to this seat, now watch the progression here. Babies are absolutely dependent upon somebody to take care of them, right? Babies basically need 24-hour attention. They're absolutely dependent. Children, they begin to grow up, and little by little, they're still quite a bit dependent. Little by little, they're able to feed themselves. They're able to clothe themselves hopefully clean up their messes, still they're kind of dependent upon their parents. Good things and bad things about teenagers. Good thing about teenagers are, teenagers are pretty much independent, aren't they? They can feed themselves, they can clothe themselves, you don't have to take care of them, you don't have to clean up their messes. Teenagers can be a blessing, I mean teenagers can be a tremendous blessing, I'm talking about both spiritually and naturally. Teenagers can help take care of their brothers and sisters. They can even take care of the babies while mom and dad is gone, right? These are spiritual teenagers. How do you get to this stage? And, and I tell you what, a lot, of, a lot of Christians are in one of these two. Very few are here. Very few. How do you get to this stage? The Bible says, John says, he has, they have overcome This is the stage where, and the Bible says, they have overcome and the Word of God lives in them. The young men are at the point where they have defeated the enemy numerous times in their lives. They've been through battle after battle after battle and they've won. They have enough faith in God's Word. They have enough grasp of the Word of God. They've used the sword of the Spirit enough times to know That they know that they have authority in Christ. They've exercised their authority in Christ. They've defeated the enemy. And so they have overcome. It's past tense. They have overcome. Does it mean that they don't occasionally... Of course, sometimes they still fail. For the most part, the, the spiritual teenager is not struggling with sin any longer. Do they occasionally make a mistake? Of course they do. In these stages, they're still learning how to fight the good fight of faith... They're still learning. This is the victorious Christian life right here. They're victorious. They've defeated the enemy. They know how to do spiritual warfare. They know their authority. They're not afraid of the devil. They're not afraid of demons. The word of God lives in do not, not only do they know in their mind the scriptures, they're learning here, that now the word of God is alive. They've used the word of God. How did Jesus defeat the devil? Matthew chapter 4 Luke chapter 4? It. Is written. So the spiritual teenager, he's got enough of God's word in his life, and he's used the word of God enough to know that the devil is no match for the Christ that lives in him. Can somebody say amen? He's victorious, he's not struggling, he's overcome. The word of God lives in him. Now Last Sunday in my church, I was teaching this, and uh, I brought in a high chair. Now, a high chair is fine if it's put here, you know, from being from becoming uh, for, uh, put here from be- becoming a babe, becoming a babe to becoming a child, that would be a normal thing. And I can almost accept if you have a high chair here. From a child to a teenager, I can almost accept. But what i found in 30 years of ministry, the high chair in church is mostly right here. Well, the high. Have you ever tried to take a toddler to out to eat? Anybody ever, ever, ever tried to take a toddler out to dinner? It, it's a total waste of time, isn't it? <laughs> You're not going to be able to enjoy your meal at all. Because the toddler, all the attention is on them. Now, here's the thing about teenagers, and if there's any teenagers here, you'll forgive me. You still love me when I go. <laughs> teenagers are awesome because you don't have to take care of them. They can take care of themselves. Teenagers are awesome because they actually have the potential and the ability to take care of the other ones, to take care of the young ones, don't they? So they're great. But there is something that's similar If you have teenagers, you'll know what I'm talking about. There is something a little bit similar to teenagers and and infants. (laughs) If there's teenagers here, you'll forgive me. But infants and teenagers, it's all about them. The whole world revolves around them. Isn't it? Now, that's normal for a baby. When, When a baby comes into the family... The whole family, everything revolves around the baby. It's the center of the universe. That baby, right? Which is fine. But when you're growing up, it shouldn't be all about you anymore. Amen. So the teenagers, another the thing that's uh, again, uh, another thing that's a little bit troubling about teenagers, and and pastors, you'll know what I'm t- exactly what I'm talking about. Teenagers have got just enough knowledge. You know, maybe they've gone through high school, maybe they're in college. If you've ever had teenagers, you know this. When they become teenagers, the other thing that's a problem with teenagers is they think they know more than mom and dad. (laughs) Right? Anybody had teenagers? But there's good news. Eventually those teenagers will grow out of that. But you know when they grow out of it, in fact, They can be 20 years old, 30 years old and still be like... And you'll find this is true in the spiritual as well. The teenagers really never change their mindset from thinking that they know more in mom and dad until they have children of their own. That's when things begin to change. The only way, the only way to move from being a teenager to becoming a father or a mother is to have children of your own you'll never get in this seat without having children of your own and that's why a whole lot of Christians get stuck here and some of them if I had a high chair I'd put right here as a spiritual father you won't mind me sitting down I'll try not to turn my back too much as a spiritual father, the table represents the family of God. This is where God is the creator of family. Amen? God is the one that came up with the idea of family. The best place for people to grow up in the natural is a family. God is the author of the church. God is the author of the body of Christ. Functions very much, very similar. The best place to grow up in God. You, I mean, even in a natural family, you can grow up on the streets. It's possible to grow up on the streets, but you're going to have a twisted view of the world probably. The safest, best place to grow up is in a family. Would you, would you agree with that? The safest, best place to grow up in God. You can grow up independent. You know, go out, read some books, never go to church. You just listen to the radio. But the, faith, the safest place where you're going to be the most balanced is to grow up in the family of God. So the spiritual fathers, the shift that takes place... In parents, the same as in the natural as in the physical. The shift that takes place in parents, and I think God has designed it this way, even in the natural. You know, come on, guys. Uh, Unfortunately, that sinful nature, we are born pretty much selfish, self-centered. Teenagers particularly, we think it's all about us. But when you get married... You find out there's somebody else that you have to take care of and lay down your life for. And when you have children, the the focus shifts again, and you find that you know what? What's important now is not us as much as the future of those kids. I tell you what, in the Philippines is the they're they're the maybe the best example on the planet. I spent fifteen years in the villages. I've seen literally farmers whose hands are cracking, their feet are cracking, that they will do anything to give those kids a future. They'll lay down their life. They'll spend everything. A spiritual parent knows it's no longer about me. It's about the kids. It's about their future. This is where they're pouring their life. This is where they're pouring their their resources, their time, their effort. Now, notice what happens if you have a high chair here. The high chair is the ones who have learned some things, but they've not become parents. So if I'm sitting here at the table, as a parent, my attention and even the attention of the teenager should be over here and over here. This is where our attention should be. We want to move the people from not knowing Christ to being born again. Once they're born again, we want to give, and they demand, babies, you've got to give them a lot of attention. We want them to grow up in God. This is where our attention should be spent. But we've got a whole lot of Christians that are in a spiritual high chair. And so like a little toddler, they're saying, what about me? What about me? What about me? What about my needs? I don't like that. I don't like this. I didn't like that song. I don't like that preaching. When you should be spending your time here, you end up having to turn over here. Because they're noisy. So you have to give them attention. The only thing that's going to the only thing that's going to the only thing that's going to solve that problem is when that teenager has kids of their own. The only way to become a spiritual parent is to have kids of your own. To get your eyes off of yourself, lead somebody to Christ, or even adopt kids. There's lots of orphans in churches today. Take somebody under your wing and pour your life into them. That's the only way to become a spiritual mom or a dad. If you can't say amen, say ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Hebrews 5 again. Let me find Hebrews 5 here. By this time you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you the elementary teachings, the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness is by faith. Righteousness is by putting our faith in the blood of Jesus. But the righteousness, there's two types of righteousness. One is the instantaneous righteousness that we receive at salvation. And there's the righteousness that's walked out in our lives. The righteousness that's walked out in our lives is still by faith. The righteous live by faith. The only way that you can live a righteous life is to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Not through your own strength, not through your own ability. So we know that we're righteous by faith, and we will walk out. In other words, the character of Christ being built in our lives. It all goes back to your devotional life. It really does. Because the overcomers, they are strong. The word of God lives in them. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the Word of God. As you hear the message, as you believe in your heart, then you're able to walk a life that is victorious. And we're not talking about sin as perfection here, but we're saying uh, sin is not a constant battle for your life. I think that probably the great majority of us, I'm just assuming, but I, 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 would, I would suspect... The great majority of us, sin is not a constant battle in your life any longer. You've overcome some things. You've learned to defeat the enemy. You've learned to defeat temptation. But my question is, are you a dad? Are you a mom? Are you going to spend your whole Christian life sitting in this chair? Are you going to grow up and recognize that it's not about you, it's not about me, It really is, it really is about the next generation. Can we all stand together and pray? Father, we thank you so much for the power of the Word of God to change us, to transform us. God, we pray that you would continue to create a hunger in our heart, not only for your word, but a desire to grow up and to touch the lives of others, Father, that you would help us to get out of the high chair, God. It's not about us. It's not about our needs. It's about meeting the needs of others, That you would help us not to be too inward focused, but to be outward focused. There is a lost and dying world that's all around us, God. There are new believers all around us that need somebody, a spiritual mom, a spiritual dad, to come and take them under their wing and and mentor them and encourage them and strengthen them. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to grow up. Help us to grow up, God, and become the spiritual moms and dads that you desire for us to be. Lord, we thank you. We believe you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, while you're still standing, I just want to encourage you. Um, we're going to have a time available for you to come up and pray. Um, I don't know if you're sitting here listening to this and you think, oh, my goodness, I've heard this before. Or I tell you what, this is gold. What's actually happened in the times that I've grown up here at church is I've seen of all these different segments in this household of faith, churches and ministries sprout out and and just do one segment and go, oh, we're going to be the babies. Let's do this. And hey, we're all the kids and we're all the teenagers and we're all the parents. But what's really fantastic about what God has called us to, this whole table, is that each one of us needs the other. And um, today is this challenge for you to go from one of these stages to another one of these stages. And we're we're talking spiritual, right? We're talking spiritual. Um, Because this has been God's plan. Family is God's um, creation. And and I know there's a hundred combinations out there right now of what family is. But seriously, this traditional stuff, this almost like basic stuff, is so fundamental that I've actually myself come to really like it again. I've come around full circle, you know, um, because we need to create a culture where spiritually we are creating parents and that we are raising up new children in this midst, spiritually in this midst, and that the children are, are growing up to be young adults and teenagers that can, um, Go through this cycle. And so if you need to get right in your spiritual growth, your spiritual growth, if you feel like you are in the same stage and you have been there for really long, this is not the Sunday to walk out and say, ah, it's okay, I'll just stay the same. And I encourage you to come out here. And we're going to get Pastor Rich. He can pray for you. Some of our pastoral team, we're going to pray for you. But there needs to be this shift. You need to grow up in maturity. All of us do. Father, I thank you so much for Pastor Rich and his sharing today. And in your word that encourages us to grow. I pray, Lord God, that you will convict all of us today. At whatever stage we're at, to mature into the fullness of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. Please feel free to come up to the altar to a prayer. If you're a new visitor, you're welcome to come to Guest Central.